All right, today, friends, we have a very special guest that is getting ready to launch a new book. I was lucky enough to be one of the first to read this book, and I can tell you that I was impressed with the content and continuous value bomb after value bomb. Our guest today, guys, is Gregory Deal. Gregory is a master at narrative. He helps businesses clarify their vision and value proposition. Gregory has a very effective no-nonsense business approach and has helped many entrepreneurs take their business to a new level. He started his journey as a nomadic entrepreneur at the age of 18. Now having lived in over 35 countries, he is very good at ethically selling and helping businesses clarify their vision and value proposition. By honing in on their narratives and identities, they can create powerful new sales processes and unique market appeal. Now, he just released his first book called Brand Identity Breakthrough, available on Amazon after May 20, 2016. Here's what's great about Gregory. He's a master at helping businesses find direction, to find narrative and clarity. He has a very effective, no-nonsense approach and has helped many entrepreneurs grow their businesses. Gregory and I have spoken for hours bouncing ideas off each other and taking some time to get to know one another. Make no mistake about it, this guy has a hyper-focused and wise business mind. Gregory, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. It's always wonderful to hear your warm voice. (laughs) Um, Well, let's jump into your book. uh, And I want to ask you, what inspired you to write Brand Identity Breakthrough? Because I needed to write something. And this was the message in my mind, essentially, which is really about helping other people tell their messages, tell their stories. Because for Basically, all of my adult life, I've been involved in some form of teaching other people how to think for themselves, how to establish themselves as individuals with their own values, which eventually transitioned into a professional focus, like people working as entrepreneurs or in small companies, how to make their company built around their own concept of value. And then when they could do that effectively, how to communicate that in the best way possible to a very specific kind of person. And so the book is sort of a mix of uh, personal developments, my own unconventional history of traveling around the world, teaching and working with entrepreneurs, uh, communication training, some basic sales stuff, but also a little more in-depth in the way that we speak and write, communicate ideas. But ultimately, it's about how to construct an identity as a professional or small business owner that is actually unique and compelling and true to your values. I like it. Give us some insight and highlights about Brand Identity Breakthrough that will intrigue the listeners. Well, if I had to summarize the book into a few statements, uh, I guess it would be about first identifying the motivation behind your business, which things I call core values, like what incentivizes us to act in big ways, things that define our biggest conceptions of happiness and unhappiness, right? That that motivate us to do things that aren't just immediately easy or obvious. Um, Then framing that in the form of a narrative, like a structure of information that actually keeps people interested and isn't limited to just listing facts and features about a business. And then how to tailor that entire thing towards a very specific problem that a specific group of people are experiencing. So at the end of the day, you should be able to walk away with essentially a statement saying, this is the very specific problem that my business exists to solve. 
this is the very specific mechanism through which it solves it, which could include different types of products and services. This is the very specific type of people that I solve it for. And this is the very specific type of person that I solve it as, which that last part is actually probably the most single most neglected part that everything you do has to be done as a specific kind of brand personality, whether that's you as an individual, the, the founder of the company or the entrepreneur, or just sort of a made up uh, avatar or character that represents your business, that person, that avatar still needs to have very real personality attributes and very real emotions associated with them. And that can be something very simple and generic like happiness, right? Or it can be something much more specific and tailored and distinct. Like you, you can be domineering if that's what your audience wants. You can be educational. You can be dangerous. You can be anything that will, will help your specific audience relate to you because that's ultimately the goal of having a personality is to create a relationship and a shared sense of identity. So what I liked when I read through the book, Gregory, is the little mini stories that you told as different stages in your life and then relating them to brand identity and, and growing people's brands and, and um, get, people getting a story about uh, how they could relate to uh, applying this lesson to applying to their business. And, and I was curious if you um, would share one of those stories with us. Uh, any any in mind you'd want in particular that stood out to you? Well, let's start off with, you know, you started as a quote-unquote entrepreneur at the age of 18. And so let's start off with how you hit the ground running as an entrepreneur at the age of 18. Well, let's start by defining what an entrepreneur is, because that's actually one of the core elements of the book. And it's something I think even a lot of entrepreneurs themselves don't understand. People who call themselves entrepreneurs may not actually even be entrepreneurs, according to the definition I use. And a lot of people who don't consider themselves entrepreneurs, in fact, are. They just never learned exactly what that meant. To me, an entrepreneur is somebody who innovates a new system of exchanging value. And that's essentially what a business is, a specific way of exchanging value, usually for money, because currency is what we use as that medium of exchange. But the value is really where it's at, not the numbers or the size or the titles or the slogans or any of the other decorum that we usually attach to what defines something a business. It's crux. It's a way of exchanging value. And since teenage years, I was always doing that. I was always coming up with interesting ways to, as I would put it, convince people to give me money. But Really what I was doing was, yeah, being creative. I used to play guitar on the street for tips and made a lot of money doing that because I figured out really quickly the best way to present that to people so that they would be inclined to give a lot of money. I used to help people sell things on eBay, you know, well before I even really understood how eBay worked or how to write sales copy or anything like that. I just saw the opportunity. If, uh, if somebody was moving and they had a bunch of antiques in their attic or something, I'd say, why don't you just give all that crap to me? I'll get as much money as I can for it on eBay. Let me keep 20%. You know, say, what, what's the harm? And sometimes I'd make a lot of money. Sometimes I wouldn't. But a lot of little experiences like that that were just constantly building the framework in my mind of exactly how to optimize the process of exchanging value, of showing value, of making things appear uniquely appealing in a very specific way. I started traveling then immediately after high school. First stop was Costa Rica, which I believe you have some experience in as well. And that sort of kicked off an insatiable curiosity I had to 
understand the human race. I was still very young and very naive at this point, but that forced me to continue traveling until I felt like I had seen enough of the world to really say, okay, now I know what it is to be human. Now I understand all the different ways that we can exist on this planet. I understand what an identity means, which is really what the book is all about. Uh, Actually, I would argue it's more about the concept of identity than it is about the concept of branding, which might be misleading with the title, but it's really the concept of identity as applied to business. And so as I continued to travel, I worked in education with children ranging literally from infancy. I worked in a Montessori nursery school in Italy, all the way up to university age in parts of Asia. Um, And... During that time is when I really learned how to communicate difficult concepts in a very simple, logically sequential way to people, which is sort of necessary if you're trying to get a very important point across that people aren't used to hearing. And as I go over in the book, if your business has a lot of meaning to it, if it really is radically different than what people are already used to buying, you're either going to be completely ignored or you're going to have to figure out how to communicate big, new, meaningful ideas in ways that people will be able to understand, which is where some of that communication training comes in, which is really a form of education. How do you teach people about what makes you uniquely interesting and compelling while at the same time selling to them, while at the same time incentivizing them to want what you're offering in their life, making them realize they do have a problem that you are uniquely capable of solving? Excellent. Very, very good. After after reading this, here's what I was impressed with. Like, I'm a storyteller. I'm a marketer, and I love branding. I was really amazed at how much more that I could do with branding and storytelling that I didn't know, even rebranding and growing a brand to the next level. Um, so I thought, like, it was, it was very motivational and educational. Um, and also, it was... In your book, like it, I related really well to the stories, but also your story, and I was really impressed with that. So I just want to say, great job! Your storytelling ability was uh, is amazing. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I'm really guilty of a lot of the things I tell other people not to do. I'm in some ways like the quintessential plumber with a leaky faucet, you know, or the cobbler whose children have no shoes, and I think. Most people who are talented in a specific way are often guilty of that, that we don't apply our talents to ourselves. Uh, It's very difficult to be objective with yourself where you just don't put the same importance onto yourself. I mean, you could almost call it ironic that part of the reason for me writing a book about brand identity was to help establish my own brand identity because this is the first time in my life I feel really comfortable and even excited about actually putting myself out there as a very specific kind of person who can help people in a very specific kind of way. I've always been an operating in the shadows kind of guy. And it wasn't until I realized a huge part of the reason why the people who liked working with me did so was because of my unique personality and that I would eventually have to get that personality out to people and let them decide for themselves if they wanted to work with me. So I don't really, you know, when I wrote the book, in fact, actually, some of the earliest feedback I got when I showed it to the first readers was that it was too much um, just informative, not human enough, that I didn't include enough personal stories or information about me. 
And to me, that came across as like uh, bragging or, or just all arbitrarily bolstering myself. Like, look at all the cool stuff I've done, you know? And I don't want to be that guy whatsoever. I, I try not to talk about myself very much, but eventually the stories come out. And so people said I needed more anecdotes about things I learned while I was traveling or experimenting with different lifestyles or working with really unconventional companies. And so I went through and I added a bunch of those in, and people seemed to like those actually the most, I would say, which is not what I was expecting. And that was what I liked about it, too, is because I could relate to your story and I could live in a way vicariously through you. Um, I came across this book probably seven or eight years ago called um, The Shameless Self-Promoter. And I met the woman that wrote it. And she described a little bit. I saw her speak and she described a little bit about why she chose to write it. In many ways, it's it's the same reason why you chose to write this book, to put yourself out there. And it was because of all the times when we feel, myself included, uh, that we're talking about ourselves. We, we have this little voice in our head that says that, oh, we're bragging about ourselves. You know, maybe we shouldn't be that guy or that person. And in the book, Shameless Self-Promoter, it talked about, you know, promote yourself. It's like some of the some of the most famous and, and influential people in the world are some of the best self-promoters, and they talk about themselves a lot, you know? So, well, congratulations on making that leap to putting yourself out there. Excellent job. So you had a few case studies in in your book, and just tell the listeners briefly about the case studies and why you chose them. Well, I'd have to say my favorite case study in the book is this guy named Chris Reynolds, who runs a group called The Entrepreneur House and another one called The One Effect. I met Chris about a year ago, over a year ago now, in Barcelona when he was putting on his first iteration of The Entrepreneur House, which is where he creates co-living spaces for digital nomads and location-independent entrepreneurs around the world, giving them a sense of community and sharing skills and information and ideas. But uh, when I met Chris, actually, we were first talking about his other charitable project called The One Effect, which, as I understand it, has gone through a lot of changes over the couple of years he's been doing it. Now, how long has it been? A couple of years? No, no. He started The One Effect in 2012. Okay. So about four years now. Yeah. Um, and what Chris, sorry, I'm just going to go into second person now, what you were lacking when I, when I first met you, I believe, and the case study covers this, that while you were doing some really interesting things by organizing charitable trips to really interesting parts of the world, um, you didn't really have a story behind what made your charity different, right? Like, why should I give money to you or participate in any of the things you promote as opposed to any of the other thousands or millions of people saying, well, we, we feed starving children or we help slave children or we build houses for the homeless. And I think what we eventually arrived at, and I'm sure you've probably gone through a continuing evolution since you and I ever worked together, but we got you pointed in the direction of creating, you know, things that would be uniquely beneficial for the people choosing to go on these trips in the form of an adventure vacation, but also at the same time doing charitable 
activities that weren't just I don't know em- an empty action where you where you just give money and it's done, or or you just a trip that is nothing but we're going to go build houses for the homeless and you can take pictures of it, and share it on Facebook, and brag to your friends about how cool you are for helping the homeless. But it was a combination of that you know self centered desire, of course, to go out and see the world and do interesting, adventurous things, while at the same time learning about other cultures and helping people in a very hands-on, very personal way. That sounds like an amazing case study. I definitely need to read that again. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone should go talk to this Chris Reynolds guy. But there were there were a few others too. Actually, there are five total in there. And each one, you know, I tried to select people I had worked with who had come from very different backgrounds with very different audiences and were experiencing completely different problems, but all still related essentially to the concept of their brand identity and how they communicated with their audience. So some of them were already really successful, like um, probably the biggest one at the time before I even started working with him was Andrew Henderson of Nomad Capitalist, who helps people with offshore services like second passports and corporations and stuff. And so he was already really successful, but he'd reached a plateau where he didn't know how to use his audience uh, to the maximum effect. Like he had a huge audience of about 2 million people per year, but he couldn't figure out how to refine his messaging so that he could start really interacting with the ones who were actually ready to take action. Another woman named uh, Niedra Gabrielle, she was a yoga and a Pilates teacher who'd been practicing a specific form of motion therapy for uh, like three decades or more. She was in her 60s when I met her. So she really knew her craft, like it was her life's work. She was already at the age most people would be retiring and she was really just getting going. But she had no idea how to describe what she did to people in a way that would make sense other than just, I teach yoga and Pilates, right? She would try to talk about the specific way she affects motion and flexibility in the body and all these really exciting ways that nobody else did. And people would just be lost and confused, like what? And then she'd say, oh, well, I I do a form of yoga and Pilates and they'd say, oh, okay, I know what that is. But that it, it all didn't capture the essence of what she was doing or why people should be paying her thousands of dollars for it. And so I finally taught her to tell her story in that kind of logically sequential way that is at the same time educating and entertaining them. And now she's making you know easily five times as much as she used to. I don't know her exact numbers now, but last I heard she was getting booked to do uh, tours and workshops all over Europe at a much greater frequency at a much greater rate than she was because now she knows how to communicate to people. Amazing, man. And and that's really why I've enjoyed getting to know you and becoming friends with you, um, but also picking your brain. Every time I get a chance, I, I, I like to pick your brain about narrative and branding and sales. Uh, because the way you communicate and work with people, it's very clear, it's no nonsense, and it's really to the point and extremely valuable. And I know you as a person, and so I had an idea of what type of book that you would write. And then as reading as reading through Brand Identity Breakthrough, I was even more impressed with the the information and the communication and the value, uh, as I was reading it, reading it, even by the second chapter, what I realized is like, damn, I'm, I'm going to have to read this again because this is good stuff. And I really mean that. It was good, valuable stuff. And he had a quote, one of the ahas that I have is a quote. It says, as an entrepreneur, value creation will always be your first line of defense against business failure. And, you know, you speak about the balance between people trying to create value and then profit. 
And so sometimes they'll put the profit above value. And I was just thinking about in my business, the times when I'm challenged between uh, creating a, a massive amount of value and keeping the profit. And, and so it's a balancing act, right? And I enjoyed, you know, going through your book and, and, and learning about that balance. And, and the most important thing is, you know, value creation. But at the same time, we have to like balance that profit out and, and keep the business running and profitable. Yeah. And I think it's a fallacy to see value and profit as opposing things because one should be a measure of the other. If you've structured your business correctly, the amount of money you make should be a direct reflection of the amount of value you are creating, unless you're scamming people in some way or doing something unethical. But the reason I said to focus on value was because, again, basically, since I've been a teenager, I've never understood why people complained about things like there weren't enough jobs. Like that concept didn't make sense to me that there were a finite number of jobs in the world and it was really hard to make sure you grabbed a good one for yourself because I was always in that creation mentality. There is not a limit on the amount of things that can be created or the amount of value that can be introduced to people's lives. And that's why in a, a traditional career path never appealed to me because it's very much in that mindset of just uh, fitting into the system that exists in some way and grabbing one of the limited pieces of pie that's available in the traditional job market. So while I watched adults with you know twice or three times my age with just as much experience um, struggling and looking for jobs, updating their resume, going to interviews and staying unemployed for years at a time sometimes – and I was selling crap on eBay, right? <laughs> making making what money I could at every passing day. And that's why I never understood how you could go years of your life without an income. Because to me, there was just countless ways to constantly be introducing new things into people's lives where they would pay you money. And so I realized that no matter what else happens to me and as an entrepreneur at this point or any other way that I ever choose to make money, I mastered that first concept at a very young age, which is that whatever you do, always be seeking to create value in some way, and you will always be able to find some way to have that reciprocated back onto you. And whether that's through money or not, you know, people want to help others who make their life easier. If you are an asset in someone else's life, they will naturally go out of their way to keep you around and, and want to help you. And that's certainly how I survived in a lot of the, the more uh, precarious situations I found myself in when I, was, when I was a younger lad traveling around the world without very much money, not speaking languages other than English and a little bit of Spanish and into some really dangerous unknown situations. A lot of the ways I was able to be comfortable and literally survive in some cases was because I got on people's good sides. I made myself a valuable part of their life. And so they went out of their way to help me too. You know, and that extends very much into the domain of entrepreneurship. If you're struggling in your business for any reason, it most likely comes down at its core to either you are not creating enough of a very specific kind of value or you are, but you are not communicating it well enough to the right kind of person. If you're doing both of those things perfectly, I don't see how you could possibly fail in business. It's amazing. That's powerful stuff. Gregory, what's next for you in Brand Identity Breakthrough? Well, the book is being turned into an online course, which should be up on my website, brandidentitybreakthrough.com, on the official Kindle launch day, which is May 20th. Uh, actually, the audiobook and the print version are already available, so I encourage anyone 
to who prefers those formats to go check it out. But the Kindle version is available for pre-order at 99 cents until the day of launch. And then it will be sold at a higher price afterwards. But for now, you can get it really cheap. And really, my focus at this point is to sort of move back into the role of educator. Uh, I want to put more valuable messages out in as many formats as I can. Books will definitely be one of those formats. And I want to continue to teach people who need my kind of direct help with whatever situation they're in, in any way that I can, right? So I've, I've done a lot. I've had my hand in many different pots. I've worn many different hats around the concept of value communication and entrepreneurship. And I really think the best way I can be of service, and this is certainly in line with my own core values and, and the brand I have strived to cement for myself as a teacher, is to, is to explain things to other people and to help them implement these concepts in whatever they're doing in life or in business. Excellent. Very nice. So Brand Identity Breakthrough launches on May 20th, 2016, and it has already hit number one in public relations and number five in small business before the, the launch. Is that correct? That is correct. So excellent. And, and as a marketer and a strategist myself, I have to ask you, you before you go, how did you, how did you get it to, to number one in PR and number five in small business um, before it even launched? You know, I, um, I didn't know anything about book marketing when I started this whole thing. In fact, I, I consider marketing sort of a, a dark art in general, that one that I'm not very fond of, and I'm very envious of people who are naturally really good at the entire process of mass outreach, you know, and playing with huge numbers of huge impressions, because I'm very much more the, the narrow and focused kind of guy. What I'm really good at is having really powerful conversations with people that teach them something really amazing or incentivize them to do something really important. So that's how I focused most of my actions, besides some really common book marketing tactics that anybody who's tried to rank on Amazon has probably already done, like certain kinds of paid promotion and getting listed and certain kinds of sites. Uh, my focus is mostly around just talking to people who I think would find it the most valuable, explain to them why I'm doing it, what it's all about. I've been on a few other podcasts and stuff like that, written some articles. Um, but it's really about reaching out to people who are good at the things I'm not good at, which is such as that mass outreach thing, which we call marketing, and having that powerful conversation with them saying, I want you to tell the people who care what you have to say about this. Here's why. I sent out a lot of free copies of the book in all formats, Kindle, audiobook, and print, which, you know, there's some cost associated with that, but it's about taking the risk, of course, of getting the value the message in this case, in front of the right people. And hopefully if they agree that it is valuable, also sharing it with, with others that they think would find it valuable. And so, you know, it still remains to be seen because the launch hasn't happened yet, what the overall lasting impression of this book is going to be. And I'm fully aware, you know, some people might not like this. It's a very unconventional approach to something that maybe people already think everything that needs to be said has already been said. So it's, it's possible a lot of people won't even like it or think it's overbearing or pretentious or whatever. I'm fully prepared for that kind of reaction. But at the very least, most of the people I've given early copies to have had glowing things to say about it. Not just like, oh, it's pretty good, but that they really felt like it was actually a unique approach to something when they were expecting it to just be a rehash of, of you know, marketing concepts or whatever. So Hopefully, those kinds of people that are still out there who will find this sort of thing really valuable are going to be the ones who buy it and read it, and then hopefully they reach out to me 
and we can work together in some other way too. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with those that um, have the glowing impact from your book. I wouldn't say that if I really didn't mean it. And definitely put my back behind the book. I think it's really excellent. So again, uh, Brand Identity Breakthrough, it launches on May 20th. You can find that on Amazon. And are there any other things you want to say before we wrap up, Gregory? If anybody wants to reach out to me, uh, I do a lot of work too with nonprofit education groups who do uh, entrepreneurial training or anything related to that too. So I'm happy to talk to those kinds of groups too. If anyone is listening there and thinks that this kind of message, this kind of training could be valuable for their members, uh, reach out to me. You can email me at contact at brandidentitybreakthrough.com and I will get back to you. And we can find the book uh, on Amazon on May 20th and I'll put links and the show notes. So thanks for coming to the show, Gregory. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Um, thanks for writing this book and letting us uh, pick your brain at the same time and, and all the, the good work you're doing out there. Keep it up. And that is a wrap for the Entrepreneur House show. The Entrepreneur House is a travel and co-living experience for online entrepreneurs. Imagine spending one to two months in the world's most exotic cities with other successful entrepreneurs. Day to day you interact with other very driven and smart business people. Spending a long amount of time with them alters your business and your mentality around your business. Goals are set, new businesses are formed, new partnerships will develop, greater profit margins are achieved, and the productivity skyrockets for those living in the house. For those of you that are interested, be sure to contact us through the entrepreneurhouse.com website. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.